Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today, we have Chris Michael Harris with us today, and he's the founder of uh, Startup U. Chris, welcome to the program. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me. It's Umar, right? Am I saying it right? Perfectly. Perfect. Or, All right. I just want to make sure. Or, hey, you. One of the two. Bo- uh, both work. So before we start, uh, before we hit the record button, we were chatting about every single breakthrough you've had in your business had nothing to do with the process of it. It was more like a insight or a mindset issue. Tell us more about that. Yeah, it's funny because you know there's so many people online. They know the X's and O's. Like you'll have I'll have clients or myself or whomever the case may be, and it's like. You know the X's and O's of business. You're following stuff online. You've paid for tens of thousands of dollars worth of online courses and books. And I'm not mitigating the importance or significance of those things. That's all a huge step in the process. In fact, I would actually argue that's one of the big things I didn't do in my first startup. And despite the fact that we experienced so much success, I had a multi-million dollar company from my college apartment. The thing that I realized that hurt me was I didn't have the X's and O's. So it is a foundational piece of it, right? It's a part of the pillar of success. However, one thing that I didn't deal with going into that business was I put too much stock into energy, like my, my actual physical energy in the business, right? The work that I was actually doing, rolling up my sleeves, which I've never been shy of doing, and uh, just the hard work aspect, right? Uh, and then not enough stock in right. educating myself or working on me, right? Like what makes me tick? What are some of the living beliefs that I have? Or what are some of the emotional blocks or some of the trauma that I've carried with me from childhood or life experience or all of just the things? And you may say, people listening may say, well, I don't have any trauma. I've never, like, there's little T trauma and there's big T trauma. And there's so many people, myself included, that are walking around with little T trauma. And oftentimes what I've come to find with myself and with others is when you can uh, reconcile those little T traumas in your life, things that maybe you don't think are impacting you, but they are to a large degree, all of a sudden, it's like you see things in a way that you never saw them before. And sometimes those manifest in things that are blocking you from actually taking steps forward in your business or having success in other areas of your life. Absolutely. And I think uh, sometimes, you know, there's uh, little traumas, little T, and sometimes there's big traumas. And then there's a third category, which are big traumas that have been suppressed. Mm, And I was working with this woman who, you know, I'd like to speak uh, in public a little bit more comfortably. I feel really uh, uncomfortable doing that. And as she was saying that, her hand went up to her throat. Mm. And since she did that gesture, it was like, hmm. And so I started to use a little bit of hypnosis to kind of look underneath that. And it turns out that uh, she was abused by her uncle mm. and he would grab her by the throat so she couldn't make any noise. She had totally, totally suppressed it. Yeah, totally. And we didn't implant anything. It was just like a... Uh, what's happening there, then all of a sudden you understand that I could not use my voice. And now in public, I don't want to do it either. And that's the third category. But most of us have pretty decent upbringings. We have parents that love us, that did the best they could. Sometimes they were heroic and sometimes they were misguided. But uh, if you got a pulse today, they did a pretty freaking decent job. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think also to uh, to add to your point, I totally agree with what you're saying. I, I think we also tend to diminish the significance of some situations, right? Like specifically, I think on more of the male side of this, we, we tell ourselves like, oh, we're fine. Like throw some dirt on it, bro. Keep going. And, and I, I don't think that we end up realizing a, the significance of events that happen to us, but then also to just acknowledging and giving it its grace and, 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 uh, and presence in your life to be able to do something about it. Right. So you end up ignoring it, whether it is a big T or a little T trauma. I think there's a lot of people that just, they don't know it exists, right. They don't know what's bothering them. And then they tend to mitigate those events in their life altogether. Absolutely. And we'll talk about the business aspect of this, but I just want to share a story since we're down this path. Of course. Uh, my wife passed away. We were married for 27 years and she passed away about two and a half years ago. Yeah, it's horrible. Thank you. And uh, I'm a very involved person. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that she went to a better place. And I did not break down and cry during the first year. I didn't uh, stay under my bed covers. I was out functioning doing stuff, being amazing. And then on the year anniversary, I took her ashes out to California and there was a special spot there on the water where I released them. Mm. And I twinged my back that day and the next day I had business meetings and it got excruciating. I went to a chiropractor and said, you know, oh my God, something's wrong. And then so she's trying to fix it, can't fix it. Then she says, let me do some muscle testing. Have Mm. you ever done that, Chris? I have, yeah. So for the viewers watching, you hold your arm out straight. Uh, it'll go off camera if I have it go that direction. And the chiropractor said, you know, is this a physical issue? And it stayed strong. She couldn't bend it. Then she goes, is this a chemical issue? Couldn't bend it. Then she goes, is this an emotional issue? And it just went weak instantly. Then she goes, mm-hmm. did something emotional happen yesterday? And I said, I released my wife's ashes. And then it hit me that this entire year, I was suppressing all the negative feelings. I had no idea. I was deluding myself. Everything's okay. And that back thing lasted for about three or four days. And then I had to deal with the emotional trauma of losing my wife. So it happens to the best of us. I do this for a living and I still deluded myself because that's what we're really amazing at. The number one thing human beings are great at is rationalizing. And if you Mm. break that word up is rationalize. We tell ourselves because they're so freaking believable. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a profound and powerful story. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. So let's take one of those little teas that we have and we go to do something in business. Yeah. Ask for money or start a new venture. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves feeling really uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, when you're working with people or yourself, when that happens, Chris, what do you do? Yeah. So if I may, I can kind of... um Maybe this doesn't answer the question you're asking me specifically, but I think it's it just came to me, so I want to share it mm-hmm. because I feel like it's, it's kind of in the same vein. I think people still get value out of what I'm going to say. Um, so for me, I grew up with a father that, um, for, for better or worse, I didn't feel like I got the praise necessarily. Like I could have scored 50 points in my basketball game, right? And I was the captain of the team and I was all these things and I you know, excelled in many ways uh, and really put my effort into, I mean, I was the the kid outside that was shooting hoops in Cincinnati when the net was frozen in the middle of winter, just to continue practicing, like hitting, hitting the net with a, with a, with a um, uh, shovel to get it to fall out of the net because the net was frozen. Right. So just constantly investing myself, really working hard and diligently at, at, at all athletics, not just basketball. And so I felt like even it, no matter what I did, no matter how well I excelled, no matter how well I played, it was always someone else in the game that did something better than I did, whether that was a teammate or someone on the other team, 
or it was something that I didn't do well. So maybe I had three turnovers or I almost fouled out. I had four or five fouls or I struck out that one time at bat and I watched it and I didn't swing at the third strike, you know, like whatever the case was. And that applied to school that applied mm-hmm. to everything. Like, so no matter what, everyone around you is in your father's eyes is better than you in some way. Not that you're not good in certain ways, but they're better. So what you end up doing is you drive yourself crazy trying to prove yourself first to your, to your father, later manifested into myself, right? Later, I'm trying to prove myself to myself. And so I enter into a business, right? And, and I always say it's about entrepreneur, entrepreneurs. When you, if you want to find out what your problems are, if you want to find out the stuff you've been burying or the stuff you haven't been paying attention to, go start a business. It puts everything under, uh, under a microscope, under a magnifying glass. All of your problems are going to come out tenfold because you're under the pressure cooker so much. Yeah. Like it, it just, it requires everything and every ounce of you. It just pulls the best and unfortunately pulls the worst out of you. So what's crazy is, is that I had this thing. And like I mentioned, we, 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 we happen to just have find market uh, product market fit really in alignment. And we did a great job of marketing ourselves. We took a new approach to an industry. We're causing disruption. We grew literally from year one to year to a thousand percent from $48,000 to $484,000 wow. literally less than a year. And I'm in my mid twenties, right? And from that point forward, Umar, I started realizing really quickly, uh, these problems are coming out, whether I like it or not. And, and I remember it was just, I was driving myself crazy because no matter what I did, no matter how much work I put in and no matter how much we succeeded, it was never enough because that prove myself bug was just, it always focused on the things that I didn't do well. I could never celebrate the things that we did well. And so what ended up happening was... We then doubled that, hit 1.2 million, went on to become a multi-million-dollar company. But here's the deal. I remember I was 26, 27 years old. I hit a million dollars. My goal was always make a million dollars before I was 30. So I did it three, three, four years earlier than what I had planned out for my nice. life, right? Yeah, it sounds great on the surface, right? It sounds awesome. I remember where I was. I remember what I was doing. I remember what I was wearing in that moment. And it meant nothing to me. It literally meant nothing to me because my brain was already on, how do I make a billion, right? Like I was already, I had already moved the goalposts for myself and I already was focusing on the negative things. So I remember I went and I did uh, I did RTT, which is a uh, Marissa, Marissa up here. Sorry, tongue twister. Uh, she has a form of of NLP um, where it basically taps right. into elements of. I'm sure you know more. I'm just making sure people. I, I know you know this, uh, but but of hypnosis, right? Borrows elements from hypnosis. Yeah. And I remember we did an exercise where she had me visualize. You know, obviously she this was well into the session. Had me visualize my younger self. And to put put my arm as my current self around my younger self and to basically right. say, I've got you. I'm proud <clears> of you. I've paved this path for you. Things are going to be okay. You have done a great job. And in that moment, man, I completely, like I just, something shifted in me that has never come back. Like the, the prove myself bug just awesome. went away completely. It was just the ultimate sense of relief. I came out of that room with a smile on my face bigger than I had had in years uh, I just felt light. I just felt happy. I felt euphoric. And, and from that point forward, I've been able to move and, and acquiesce and do things in my life and in my business uh, without that that heavy burden I was carrying around. I've made decisions that are completely different. There's just a lack of that pressure that I had on myself that I didn't even know was there. And it's just changed my life in every single way possible. And that's just one example of many uh, albeit it was the big one. It was like the keystone one that we dropped first that kind of led to a, to uh, kind of a domino effect on some of the other small things that were kind of surrounding that. Yeah, two things come up. Number one, uh, 
I tell people all the time that change happens in a moment. Mm. Like some modalities take a long freaking time to get there, but before the change happened, you were still stuck. And a moment after the thing happened, you were unstuck. So that's a perfect example of that. And so thank you for sharing that. And it also brought up uh, this quote I had heard. I'm not sure from whom. It was the definition of unhappiness, not knowing what we want and killing ourselves to get it. You know, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people tend to be in that mode of more, 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 and never getting to the end. And one of the tools that uh, I came across was just this concept that, of course, I stole from somebody is just like, if you want to measure life, measure it on the happiness scale. Mm. And if your happiness level isn't an eight today is down to a six, all you need to do is what's making me unhappier? And an answer comes up, what can I do to make it better? And an answer will come up. And if you don't know the answer... Call Chris. He'll give you the answer. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's you said something here. I think is really important because I found this to be the case. Um, you said we we use we're rational people, like we use our rational brain. And I think one of the things that was that was frustrating for me is that I was I was consciously aware of the fact that I had. I don't know that I knew it was a prove myself bug, but I was definitely aware there was a problem, right? And I tried to rationalize mm-hmm. it, and like I heard, you know, as an entrepreneur, you need to celebrate your wins. And I tried, like I did, I went through the mechanics of what that would look like, but but. I'm so glad that tools exist now that we can make those shifts because this was such a subconscious level that it's just like there was a literal block that just would not allow me, no matter what, no matter how much physical application I put into that, it would not, it was literally prohibiting me from fully feeling what that would be like to not have that prove myself aspect, right? Not to have that prove myself burden that I was carrying around. So it's it's really tough. I see people that are, I, I, I'm frustrated for them. You know, I'm upset for them because I see their actions that are that are very, it's, it's obvious, right? Like once you've gone through something like that, you're, you're able to recognize it in other people. Like you can see, you're like, oh my gosh, did I used to do that? Like, is that how I used to look, right? Like you, 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 it takes one to know one kind of thing, you know? And so I could see other people and I still do other people behaving the ways that I did. And I feel so bad. And I'm like, I know though, that no matter what they do, no no, no matter whatever physical application they put into that, it's, it, it has to be deeper. That shift has to be at a deeper place. And so I'm glad for people like you that do the work you do, because it is such an amazing gift. Absolutely. And it's kind of interesting how many answers we have within ourselves and we can't access. I had this CEO come in and uh, trouble with the board. And he's got a board meeting the next day. And it's like, uh, you know, I'm ready to just quit because they're not supporting me. It's an uphill battle. So it was like, okay, I don't know the answer to that. So I just put him in a hypnotic trance and just picked a random number. There are four board members that do not understand what you want to do or are just not connecting with it. Mm. Think of the first one when you have them uh, in mind. Have them sit in the chair in front of you and then lift up your finger so I know it's done. So it goes like this. And then uh, they get to have a conversation with that person, figure out what the real issue is. And when that's finished, go to the next, the next, the next. And then when we bring him out of hypnosis, it's like, holy shit, I know what's wrong. I've been screwing up here, here, here. What I need to do is connect these dots with those people. And that would allow them to uh, understand it. And the very next day he had his board meeting and the entire board's on board. So I didn't teach him anything about some magical board trick because what do I know? But our conscious mind gets in the way of wisdom many times. We can't live without the conscious mind, but sometimes if we can get it to step away, we can reveal what's really important and then bring the conscious mind in and say, okay, how do we execute that? Because Mm. fighting through that is really, really difficult. It is. It is specifically for type A entrepreneurs, right? Because, Because to us, it's like, action leads to results. And now you're talking about wisdom. Yes. And sometimes wisdom requires white space and like backing up and really having some, some 
just reflection time. And I feel like we, that doesn't, that, that doesn't tend to correlate too well. That, that's like mixing oil and water to a type A entrepreneur. But what you said, I, I 100% Definitely. So this is ancient Chinese kind of methodology, which is, there's a bookshelf here. It's like, I've got a problem. I'm going to go to this book right over here. And I'm going to turn to this page and this word. And the word happens to be perfectly. And Mm. it's like, how does this word fit in with what the problem is? And all of a sudden you get this insight. And I'm not sure if it really works, but it gives you another perspective to the problem that you have. And perspective is the key to outthinking the situation because all too often we see things with these blinders from our own experience and this is what's going on. This is what it means. And I think if we can get perspective, sometimes you know, having a coach like yourself helps and sometimes just having the ability to step back a bit and see what's going on. And just like you described that uh, experience in hypnosis, your hypnotist got you to bring the kid's perspective into this adult life. You thought you were going back there to help little Chris, but really little Chris was giving you insights and that perspective. So how do you try and get perspective on the situations you're trying to solve? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, So I I think the the good thing for a lot of people is things may seem really cloudy at first. Like you don't really, you don't have that discernment to be able to tell this is a, this is a, a block coming from, I don't have resources. You know, I'm speaking to entrepreneurs here versus this is a block yes. coming from within, right? There's definitely some intuitive um, sophistication or, or uh, intelligence that you're able to acquire as you begin the process of just going through and reconciling some of these issues. Like you're able to more quickly have self-awareness about them. So I'll give you an example. This happened a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Um, actually, I was speaking to a, a, a great mentor of mine. Um, and a huge man of faith, probably the most devout man of faith that I know in my life. And in this, by, by the way, I want to, I always preface this, uh, my, my, whatever my faith is, I think this applies regardless, whatever your faith entails, like you can call it God, you can call it the universe, whatever I, like it, I fully believe this entails regardless. Um, but anyway, so one of the things I told him, I was like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going through kind of the motions using the rational brain to assess what's going on with the unconscious. Right. And, and I'm like, I really, um, something's missing, right? Like I'm, there are signs there. There are red flags there. Like I'm not enjoying my work near to the degree that I used to. I don't have the same energy for what I've been doing. Then what I do is, and this helps me a lot. I layer on actually another aspect, which is the biological stuff, right? So physiologically, I wear all these, these biometric tools so I can assess, okay, uh, Mm -hmm. as where's my HRV score, right? Like, which is a measure of stress in the body. Like all these other aspects, what's my diet look like? Like, is, is that the issue? Is it a physical issue? Is it a mental issue? Is it an emotional issue? Is it something else? Right? So, so I'm able to kind of work through and reconcile each one of those and having that conversation with him, kind of analyzing those aspects. What, what are these, what are these signs telling me? How am I feeling? Right. My own self-reporting, right. My, my own, my own subjective reporting of Mm -hmm. how I'm feeling about a situation. And within a course of about an hour of having that conversation and more or less using process of elimination, I would say, uh, arrived at, you know, I've been really trying to do too much on my own and less of leaning into it to, to divine wisdom, less of leaning into God and what it is that God wants me to be doing, right? It was more of leaning on my own merit, leaning on my own intelligence, leaning on my own willpower, energy, et cetera, right? Ego. Hard work, whatever. So, so it's, it's difficult. Um, and I think most people, what they end up doing, at least I'm only speaking for myself as an anecdote here. I think what we end up doing is when we have those red flags, like we know something's wrong, like we can feel that something's wrong. 
And what we do is we go back and grab another cup of coffee or we go back and say, well, I got to put my head down and focus and plow through it. And, and, and there are times when that's the case. There are times when you do need to say, you know, I only slept six hours last night and that's why I'm tired and I just need to get this done and I need to sprint to get to the finish line with this. But when that's been happening for a while, when you have something where you're like, I just can't, literally, I hate the word can't, but I just can't get over this hump and I just don't feel as inspired or as passionate or as motivated about it as I once did. And I'm really having to push myself, not be pulled towards it in the way that I once was, right? And so I feel like we don't do a good job of really looking underneath the hood of what drives us, looking at the engine that drives us and saying, realistically, where am I? And, and this is where journaling is so important, I think, for a lot of people. It's right. like every day journaling, like, how do I feel today? Because oftentimes I do this. When I had a moment or a stretch, let's say it was like three or three months, like one quarter of the year last year, like I was just on fire. I go back and I look at my journal, like, what does my food diary look like? Like, what was I actively doing? What was my morning routine? What were some of my wellness practices? Like, was I, was I hitting all those bases? And if the answer is, yeah, I actually was. And compared to now, these are the things I'm not doing. Okay. Then maybe it's a physiological thing. Maybe it's something else mm -hmm. I'm not doing, or maybe I'm not spending enough time in meditative practice, or I'm not doing X, Y, or Z, or getting outside enough or moving my body or whatever the case may be. You know, but when you've seen those stretches, maybe you go back and you're like, yeah, but I still felt blocked there too, even though I did all those things. The mechanics were there, but I still felt blocked. Then I feel like you're able to really look inwardly even <clears> further, right? So it's like peeling the layer of the onion. Then it's like, you know, I think there's something else going. It's like what you experienced, right? Like you went to the chiropractor and it's like, you know, that didn't really fix it. Okay, well, what's going on here? Oh, that didn't really fix it either. Boom, emotional thing that fixed it. So I, I just think that we don't take the time Due, yeah. to society, due to society, due to kind of what, you know, what we're expected to be doing action over anything else. Uh, we don't take the time to really sit in reflection to think, you know, something's really missing here. And it's been that way for a long time. And it's time for me to do something about it and then have the resources to actually take action on that, uh, to be able to, to make the transformation that you're seeking to make. Brilliant. So I find that your mind will lie to you continually. Yeah. But your body never lies. And so mm -hmm. really pay attention to your body. So if you go into a situation, all of a sudden you feel anxious or there's an uncomfortable feeling, uh, listen to your body. And one of the ways I do that is I just place my hand on wherever the issue is and use this magic word, hello. And that part of your body answers back and says, yep. So mm -hmm. this uncomfortable feeling, what are you trying to teach me? What do I need to pay attention to? And an answer comes up. And from that answer, it gives you perspective again. Then you can use the intellect to go in and say, oh, am I feeling stressed there? Why is that? What's stressful? And so, pay, dear listeners, pay attention to your body. It's your most, uh, it can be your most finely tuned instrument to connect with other human beings and connect with yourself. But so many of us kind of just disregard our body. It's just like right. a vessel and it's all about the mind. And exactly. uh, I think it's all about the body because there is, people feel heartfelt because yeah. I literally feel they do connect yeah. with their heart. Yeah. And, and something that I want to highlight is, and this has really been a big paradigm shift for me. I'm glad you said what you just said. When you get, I think sometimes we, we tell ourselves, I don't have time for that. Like right now in this season of my life, I need to grow my business because I need to provide for my family and I need to pay my mortgage or my rent and my kids and take them to soccer practice and whatever that looks like for, for whoever's listening, right? We tell ourselves we don't have time for that. And, and, and here's the big that's here's the big lie in, in all of that. And I'm going to go ahead and, and completely destroy that for people that are thinking that because this was big for me. When I was able to shift, right? It's like you're going from A to B to C to D all the way A to, you know, and then you realize quickly, like, I don't have to do all that. I can just go from A to Z. When you clear those things, 
it's amazing how much faster you get to what your goal was, right? Like, it's like, okay, if you had to run a race, right? You had a, you're racing in a sprint and, and the other person is going to run with nothing in their hands, right? They're just able to freely just run and just run as fast as they can. And meanwhile, you're running and trying to carry all this stuff, right? We call that baggage. Who do you think has a better chance of getting right. to point B faster, right? Probably not you. And so sometimes what we so realize is we don't take, of course. Right, right. We don't take the time to be like, okay, you know what? I need to focus on more lateral thinking. This is going to, and so I had to look at it as a growth hack because that just helped me and my, my type A driven self. Of like, okay, how do I nice. take this away? Is not as a, a, as a taking time off or time for reflection, but how do I say, this is uploading myself. Like this is giving myself a, an, an OS upgrade, right? Like this is making me better so that I run more efficiently. And when I made that shift and I actually like really embrace that internally, like in, inherently embrace that. Now I'm like, nice. oh my, and then, and then you start to see the result of that, which is more importantly, like when you start seeing the actual physical manifestation of that intention, then you're like, oh my gosh, I became, I, I say this now, I became a mental hypochondriac because now I'm like, what am I missing? that is stopping me from getting to the next level right now. I'm like a detective and I'm constantly looking right. for things because I realized for 20 something plus years, I was carrying stuff around that made my life harder and made my success slower than it could have been. And that was even with, and considering the growth that we experienced in that business, right? Like my life in many ways has been exponentially better than even it was then because I'm able to just seamlessly go from point A to point B when I couldn't do that before. Brilliant. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show and uh, sharing your wisdom. Any last thought for the viewers and listeners that would help them implement something immediately? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just, uh, you know, if, if people are listening, they have no idea what we're talking about, but they're curious and they kind of know they have an issue that's an underlying problem. I think the biggest thing is to just start immersing yourself. Uh, one of the first people that I found and started to follow, obviously follow this podcast because I th this is tremendous value. I think that we're talking about here today. And I can only imagine that the other episodes are more of the same. Um, but I started finding people like Dr. Joe Dispenza. Uh, I started following people that were talking about this type mm, yep. of work. They were sharing their stories about how he went from literally, uh, I think he was completely paralyzed, had a nasty cycling accident and literally just tapped into ways to, you know, uh, rewire the subconscious and retrain himself. And I think people were, we're not reading enough about that. We're not reading enough about what that can look like in your own life. And I think that, 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 you don't understand what's possible until you read about what someone's done, right? In their own life. And I think for one, it normalizes. Because it gives you permission. Right, exactly, exactly. And, and, and to me, it normalized it. It was like, I'm not, the, I, I'm not isolated in this weirdo that has this problem that no one else has. Like there's other people out there that have had significantly worse problems that I've had that have manifested into serious physical conditions, right? And if they can do it, I can do it too, right? And so for me, that would be the first step. And this is with anything I say, Find your, your starting point. And that could be literally just watching a YouTube video. It could be just reading a book. It could be whatever that entails, but take that first step. And then you don't, and then eventually you get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm going to, you know, work and do some NLP work and I'm going to pay this practitioner. You know, like then you get to that point. But I think the very first intention is just grab a book, watch YouTube videos, start to open your mind up to the possibilities of what this could be like for you. Absolutely. And it kind of reminds me of, uh, I'm holding this pen here with a death grip. And Chris, you look like a strong guy. It would take a lot for you to grab this pen out of my hand. Mm. And I think people hold on to their reality with a death grip. Yeah. And when you start reading books like that and start hearing stuff and you kind of go, they're freaking weird, which is yeah. okay, but it loosens up your grip on reality. And then mm. pretty soon you can open up your universe so, Chris, thank you so much for being on the program. Really appreciate you being here. And I'm looking forward to uh, round two. Sounds good. I enjoyed it. Thanks so much.
If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 